Hello, and welcome to The Lemon Law. I'm your host, Emily. I'm Luis. My name's Julian. And I'm Emily Marie. And welcome to this week's episode where we're talking about attachment styles. This is a very hot topic that is still being researched today, and that goes way back in um, psych principles, which I love studying and learning about. So I was very excited about this episode. Um, and in preparing for this episode, um, there were a lot of psychologists who have contributed to research in this area. But just to give a background, um, specifically John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth stuck out to me as psychologists who have um, kind of been original people in establishing what attachment styles are and how they impact us and even how this concept goes back to how we attach to our parents as young children and then even thinking about what implications that has for our adult relationships. So attachment style is a specific pattern of behavior in and around relationships there was an interesting study done back in 1971 with Mary Ainsworth and her colleague Bell, where they looked at how different infants between one and two years old um, interacted with their mothers in after they had left the room and when they were left, when the child was left with a stranger and like even how the infants played with their toys when their mom left and then came back. So essentially it was an observational study where they were looking at how the children behaved. And this is where um, they discovered the different attachment styles. And um, we're going to talk about each of those today. So just to provide a quick synopsis, there are four different attachment styles three of which are insecure attachment styles, and that's the anxious preoccupied, avoidant dismissive, and disorganized fearful avoidant. And then the um, attachment style that we all strive for is more the secure attachment. So just a, qu a quick synopsis on <laughs> the anxious preoccupied attachment style. Um, that is when exactly like it sounds, the person is seeking approval and support and responsiveness from their partner. So for example, like if their partner doesn't text them back right away, they're maybe worried and they're really looking to their partner pr to provide them that comfort and that security in a relationship. And for the avoidant dismissive type, those are kind of your lone wolves who are strong and independent and self-sufficient. They have a high self-esteem, a positive view of themselves, and they don't really depend on others for approval. The disorganized, fearful avoidant type, they tend to be unstable and also ambiguous in their um, social bonds and in their relationships. For adults with this style of attachment, the partner and the relationship themselves are often the source of both desire and fear. So they do want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time, they have trouble trusting and depending on others because maybe they're afraid of getting hurt. And then lastly, what we all strive for is that secure attachment and people with secure attachment are able to vocalize what they need in a relationship, they're reliable, they're responsive, and their relationships are based on honesty, tolerance, and emotional closeness. They don't fear being on their own, and they have a positive view of themselves and others. Um, and 
I was quoting from the attachment project website when describing each of those attachment styles. So that's our background. Um, does anyone want to jump in with what attachment style that they are? Um, and by the way, we each took quizzes. There are lots of quizzes out there where you can determine kind of what attachment style you are. And I do just want to point out that it's possible to have different attachment styles in different relationships that you have. So maybe you have a secure relationship attachment style more with like family members, but maybe more with like romantic partners. You have a different attachment style or even you can have variety with different romantic relationships where it's maybe a previous partner you were secure with, but a new one you're more anxious. So I do want to just open it up that there are um, lots of different scenarios where you can have different attachment styles. And so with that in mind, does anyone want to comment on what style they connect with? Yeah, so I took, well, I think most of us took the quiz from attachment.personaldevelopmentschool.com. Um, the attachment style that I got after taking the quiz was secure attachment, which was kind of um, funny to see that result just because I myself, I don't see myself as a very secure person. I see myself as someone who's very insecure. So, but I do also see the fact that it's a secure attachment style in a relationship. So I will say, I do feel like when I'm in a relationship, I feel very secure and I feel like I can be who I need to be. Um, one thing that stuck out to me was uh, after taking the quiz, it kind of gives you a summary and then it asks, like, does any of this sound familiar? Um, and one of the things was getting frustrated with poor communication, which I could definitely uh, resonate with. Just because in my last relationship um, that did end, it was because of poor communication and it was because my significant other's uh, relationship style was a different, I mean, attachment style was a different attachment style. So she was actually... Um, avoidant dismissive um, she had very high self-esteem and a positive view of herself um, but she also didn't depend on others so she didn't like seek support or approval um, and then she generally avoided any emotional conversation that we had um, so it really makes me think how like it's funny because like obviously this podcast is us talking about how difficult dating is in Tucson and how difficult relationships can be. But like after uh, researching like the attachment styles and the love languages, it's like, wow, things could be so simple if we knew everyone's attachment style and knew everyone's love language. Like it would be a much simpler dynamic. So it makes me think back and I'm like, wow, if I knew her attachment style was avoided and dismissive, like I would know how to interact better with her. Um, and how to have that dynamic between me and her. But yeah, ultimately, going back to the secure attachment style, um, I will say I do feel like I'm someone who feels uh, open enough to share my emotions and communicate what I need. Um, and that goes with my love language, which is words of affirmation. Because if I'm able to speak up and say that's what I need and I do get it, then ultimately that leads to me feeling secure in a relationship. Look at you, Louise, starting, uh, starting us off strong with the most secure and healthy attachment style. We Don't worry, it, yeah. it, gets, it goes all downhill from here. Well, I, it's funny you say that because I'm like, if, you, if, you, if I took this quiz like four or five years ago, before my past two relationships, like I don't think I would have been secure attachment, but I think I've had a lot of time to reflect 
um, to the point where I am, and I feel like I'm in a in the right place if I did want to get into another relationship or if I did want to get into the right attachment style. I mean, if I did want to get into another relationship, I feel like I'm in the right attachment style. Um, but yeah, it definitely wasn't something that just like was always there. It was just mm-hmm. something that I've been working on and I think I'm in the right place right now. But obviously it's always a work in progress. Yeah, and it's like you can do the work yourself, but um, if the other person is not also doing that work and having that awareness, it's like, oh, what a lost opportunity maybe in a way where what if we all were informed of these different concepts and then we had all the information and then you could see where the relationship could go. Exactly. I think being emotionally available and just being... um, being in touch with like what even if it's not the attachment style you want to be just being in touch with the attachment style that you are and like that kind of gives you an idea Mm -hmm. of what you need to work on as well because like yeah the quiz came out to secure attachment but there's definitely situations where i'm not in that Mm -hmm. attachment style you know um so like i said it's a work in progress and like i keep striving to be in that attachment style um, but it's not always like that. Like you said, we can have multiple attachment styles and multiple attachment styles with different relationships or friendships or like mm-hmm. people at work or just people you hang out with outside of work. Um, so it's it's good to know about all the other attachment styles so you can kind of check in with yourself and be like, okay, like, am mm-hmm. I in the bucket that I want to be, you know? Because mm-hmm. like you said, the first three are insecure and the last one is secure. And ultimately we strive for the secure attachment, but... It's good to know when you are in the other attachment styles so you know what you need to work on and why it is you're feeling that way. Or to know what to ask for from your partner and even saying like, hey, this is my attachment style that I tend to relate to. So I just want you to know that. That yeah. sort of like, if you don't text me back, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And <laughs> Exactly. And I think there's nothing wrong with any of the attachment styles. I yeah. think it's just the fact that if you know your attachment styles, you know what you want and you know ultimately what you need to ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not necessarily wrong to be any of those buckets. Yeah. And, and being in a relationship or in just a friendship in general, both people, it's, it's a two-sided relationship. Like both people have to be willing to work on each other and work on themselves as well. Yeah. Um, so you need to know what your partner or what your friend is in terms of attachment style as well. Yeah, and having... I like self-compassion is a term I've been learning a lot about, which is just basically being kind to yourself and knowing that even though I maybe came out to be more as anxious attachment style rather than being hard on myself <laughs> on it, it's just more, yeah, educated on what that means and knowing what to ask for. And Yeah, and I think ultimately that just means we have things to work on. And like regardless, yeah. we always have things to work on. And I think it's great that all of us have a different attachment style here because that's, I feel like that plays also a big role as in why this really, this bond is so so nice mm-hmm. and so so good to be around each other because we're always learning something about each other, but we're also learning something about ourselves at the same time, you know? Definitely. Yeah. It's kind of funny that, like, just taking these quizzes and talking about this type of stuff makes me reflect so much because... I've heard about these attachment styles before and I kind of used to think that 
I would match what my partner was in a relationship. Like previously, I used to be like more secure or at one point more avoidant. And more recently, I'm like more, you know, anxious. And so I feel like, at, you know, at certain points, I'd be different things. But after, you know, being a little bit more reflective, I feel like all of them are rooted in kind of my anxious, preoccupied attachment style. Like the fact that I'm trying to meet what my partner wants is maybe more of my anxiety just coming back. So I think I'm secure, but actually I'm not at the end of the day. So it's like, you know, I'm wondering, I'm like, why am I acting so differently in all these relationships? But it's really just that first, like that anxious, preoccupied coming back, you know, and being at the forefront of it all. And so... I've been able to be very refle reflective with a lot of this type of stuff. And I feel like in general, I've been reflective a lot through our, our podcast and, and I've been able to take it into like oh, dating yeah. and relationships, but still can't get out of this anxious, preoccupied thing apparently. <laughs> so, Yeah. And just that different experiences kind of mm -hmm. shape you towards either remaining the same attachment style or maybe growing out of one, you know, Life is all about our perceptions of our different experiences and our experiences are kind of like who we are. And so, yeah, interesting that you felt each of those different attachment styles, maybe in different situations. And then, but ultimately it sounds like you connect with the more anxious type. Yeah. And which I, I do too. And I, and I feel like, oh, <laughs> like part, part of my realization there is like, I am trying mm -hmm. to be something for somebody else because of those and anxious kind of feelings at the back of like back of my head or back of my heart right yeah. you know I'm trying to feel secure or I'm trying to be like hey they don't care about this so I'm just gonna not care about it too you know type of deal so like trying to meet something which is rooted in this anxiety um part of it so and um, we have two golden doodles and <laughs> Julian is sitting on the tomato toy <laughs> So Izzy is very anxiously attached to the toy. <laughs> Anyways, she's definitely my golden doodles. Well, they're anxiously attached. Is very anxiously sure. attached. So if you hear grumblings in the background, we're not it's giving the them toy enough involved. attention. Right, right. Exactly. They think we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> when I leave the room, she's crying. Um, I think yeah. the funny part is like about all these attachment styles. I feel like even though the first three are insecure, like I feel like there's something good in each one like julian talking about anxious preoccupied like i'm reading the website right now and it says like people with this type of attachment style have a negative self-image while having a positive view of others and i'm like i never would have never guessed julian is in an anxious preoccupied attachment style because i see i only see the positive view of him having a positive view of others and i'm like wow that's something i admire that i wish i had you know but i would never see him having an insecure attachment style so it's like crazy how each one has a positive in it like the yeah. avoidant dismissive has the uh, the high self-esteem and a positive view of themselves and then the mm -hmm. disorganized fearful um look looking for a positive here i didn't really <laughs> We probably didn't think this well, one. Um, <laughs> but there's a vulnerability there. Of they're afraid of getting hurt, which is a very, like, real emotion. True. Speaking of someone like, who is that uh, type, I think we tend to care a lot about other people, and we put a lot of ourselves into that. 
but we put so much in that we burn ourselves out and then it burns us mm-hmm. in the end. And so I think there can be some good in that. I mean, I think like I can't change that about myself. Mm-hmm. Like that's who I am. And I think it's helping me learn that that's who I am. But I don't think it's like a bad thing in mm-hmm. nature. I just think I have to learn how to use that um, and learn how to talk to people and like tell people that that's mm-hmm. my type. <laughs> yeah, or just, yeah, I think it's like, Whereas maybe Julian and I, who are both more anxious, um, how we said the positive side of that is we we kind of assume the best in people and we kind of hope for that. And then the negative side of that is that maybe we're anxiously attached. But like for you, Emily Marie, it's more like, I would say, knowing it's good that you're protecting yourself and you're really like looking out for your time and and your emotional energy but just knowing like some people are worthy of that time and energy but like you know you do want them to show you they you want like to earn you want them to earn your trust record too right yeah so like this just doesn't come on no nobody uh, none of us have like this attachment style because of just like like that right Like it it comes from somewhere. Um, And I think we were all talking prior to this about things. And like I was sharing some things that happened to me in the past with some friendships and like how that like really hurt me. And like now granted that wasn't like a romantic relationship, but like I have a lot of this fearful avoidant in all of my relationships. So if Mm -hmm. I kind of don't feel like you're into it, I'm going to be 100% out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the right way to do things, but um, I would rather do that than feel the emotional attachment and get hurt. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes that's what I do is I just pretend that I don't care and I just exit mm-hmm. stage left. Um, and that to me, I'm protecting myself. But in hindsight, I know that I've kept a lot of good things probably from happening, but mm-hmm. um like most recently in Tucson, I was like dating this guy for a little while, casually dating, but um, we were at my house and like whatever. And like, I thought things had gone to a place where we were like really open and vulnerable with each other. And so like I had shared some things that were like very, like what I would have considered like hard for me to share. And um, literally he didn't really say anything at that time, which maybe should, should have been a clue. But then the next time, the next time he texted me, he just said it wasn't going to work out and pretty much just like ghosted me after that. And like yeah. really was no other like reason behind it. And so like then what I hear is like when I start to open up, right. that's when people leave. Right. Yeah. So like my yeah. brain is wired in that way yeah. and I can't really like a hundred percent change that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Thank you for sharing that because yeah. like yeah. I think I think it's nice that you shared that because it makes me think I'm like, had this guy known that your attachment style was disorganized and fearful, avoidant, like I think he would have realized or at least like I think knowing someone's attachment style, like you said, for him it might have you sharing that might have not meant a lot to him. But if he knew your attachment style, it could have been like knowing her attachment yeah. style, this is a lot for her to share, you know. So I think that's why it is so important to know each other's attachment style because, like you said, something you share might mean nothing to me and something I share might mean nothing to you. But, like, if we know each other's attachment style, we know how hard it is. We we have an idea of how hard it is for us to share certain things, you know? For sure. 
Um, but that kind of goes back to me saying, like, I feel like a lot of things could be solved if we just need communication. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. And I thought I was communicating in the moment. Um, and like we, I, yeah, you think you're communicating, but I think there was just a miscommunication in what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just kind of from there, unfortunately, it just kind of fizzled out, which I mean, for the better, but yeah. Yeah. Well, but I think it's also, I love going back to this concept of there's you, there's the other person, and there's the third entity that I still need to name, which is your the, your relationship together. And it's like, yeah. to Luis's point, if he like wa- had that willingness to yeah. want to know what your attachment style is and cared about that, yeah. then he would hear that and know... You know, yeah. and this I think is a lot for her to open yeah. up. And like mm-hmm. the hard part is it is just hurtful when the willingness is not sure. there to where he's like, it, I don't want to deal with this. Right. I'm gone. And that is really hard. Oh, yeah. And I think sometimes like as being this type, this fearful avoidant type, right? Sometimes I think I miss things because I don't open up or maybe I'm, I don't do that and then once it does happen or once I think we're there then I'm like all in yeah and then I think that is a real big problem Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I don't slowly let that build I like once it's head in I'm like oh my gosh this is happening like we're getting married oh my god like like let's do this and that's a that's a problem (laughs) so it's kind of like the walls up and then like one day to the next or like one minute to the next and then like the wall and unfortunately what happens each time this has happened to me and I know it I feel it I've seen it happen like the wall is 10 times stronger and Mm -hmm. like he was probably I we went on lots of dates like about last year this time and I haven't like like seriously gone on dates with really anybody since then so I will be honest I mean like it it Every time it happens, it's yeah. just another barrier. It's another issue. Yeah. So <laughs> something that I feel like would be helpful for you that I just remembered was I'm a big fan of Brene Brown's work, who I'm sure you're familiar with, but she talks about the marble jar of trust, which is like, and I think her daughter explained that um, she was like, I really trust my one friend and she's really young and she's like, how do you know that you trust her? And she's like, well, this one day she did this. And she like had a couple of specific examples mm-hmm. of like her friend earning her trust. Mm-hmm. And then I think she came up with this idea of a marble jar where every time there's like an action or something someone says, or, or they're acting in a way that is compatible with your love language. <laughs> For example, you're taking a marble okay. and putting it in the jar of like earning trust. So I, like I feel like that might be a good image of like, if someone is doing things where they're showing up for you and they're listening to you and, you know, can they earn your trust in a way that makes it feel safe for you to keep being vulnerable and sharing things? Yeah. I I appreciate it. Yeah. I see what you mean. I think the hard part about that is like having that patience and having that, like, like putting, like you said, putting a marble in the jar each time versus like, Am I waiting too long to bring and this wall And this is my a really big self. mason jar. Yeah. <laughs> and like you know, my cynical like, self is like, they always yeah. show you yeah, good things. True. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. This guy was like the yeah. perfect person. Like, yeah. he was catering to my needs. Like, yeah. we were like we were in it. Like, it was happening. So I could have filled the jar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then one day the jar is just tipped upside down. Yeah. So, like, I don't... Do you think... What do you think his attachment style was? Oh, 100% avoid it and dismissive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
he could do no wrong. Yeah. He was kind of God's gift to women. Wow. Probably should have seen that. So maybe, <laughs> so maybe he's like, I feel maybe like he's not capable of being vulnerable and sharing. Maybe like, he did it, you know, yeah. then maybe his weak spot is seeing where other people are coming from and yeah. creating that space for other people to mess up or be vulnerable and never like. Yeah. yeah, I feel like ultimately we all have something to work on and ultimately in, right. in a relationship, each partner has something to work on. But I think it's just the willingness to want to work on it, you know? A lot of times people don't care for these attachment yeah. styles or don't care for the, the love languages and yeah. won't hear it, you know? So they'll just be like, if it didn't work, it didn't work kind of thing, you know? And like, will want to work on themselves or won't want to work on the relationship because they just want things their way. Uh, which I feel like goes back to, I feel like we over-romanticize relationships where it's like, we think everything should be easy and fluffy and fun, like especially in the beginning and maybe... I, I think that a lot of relationships mm -hmm. fail. I don't like using that word, but um, because mm -hmm. we maybe have unrealistic expectations of everything being easy and that yeah. it's like, have a little humility and learn about some of these things. Like <laughs> research has been going on. Like these people know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Bullby and Amesworth, like let's talk oh about God, it, Bullby. you know? That's what I'm going to say next time. Like, like, come on. Think about Bullby. <laughs> Where is Bullby? What would Bullby say in this situation? <laughs> WWBD, come on. <laughs> uh, oh my yeah, next time I'm, I'll let you know how it goes. Now I'm like, first day I'm going to ask relationship styles and, I mean, uh, attachment styles and love, love languages. languages. Yeah, I'd be like, who's your favorite uh, social cycle? Are you bold? They were flip-flops. <laughs> Jeez, God, scrap that. That's uh, deal breakers, too, is an important first question, too. You know? Yeah. I was, this is a really random point, but you were thinking about what to call that third entity earlier, oh, you know? And I was thinking, yeah. just call it the lemon, you know? Me, you, and just me, you, and the lemons. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, we're all wearing lemon shirts right now to well, I can share more. I can share more on mine. Um, I'm like Julian, and I feel like I'm more anxious. Um, and I feel like the the story I shared before on the podcast about um, the guy that I'm dating and seeing him with another girl running on the river path, and my initial response was basically freaking out. And Julian can attest to that. And my phone call to him that I was very anxious and um, assuming kind of worst case scenario and really upset when I did not like hear from him right away. Like he did reach out to me later that night, but um, that was very enlightening of how anxiously attached I am to him specifically. But I will say um, that I truly believe you can learn um, kind of healthy, secure attachment relationship principles and you can get there with someone. Um, I specifically had another relationship previously with someone who I was very anxiously attached to in the beginning, but then um, kind of gained a lot more trust based on the communication and the work we did in our relationship. And now I'm in such a secure place with that relationship. So that gave me 
a ton of hope that I have that capability inside me to like get there with someone. It's just being brave enough to know, to ask for what I need and like understand that that person might not take that conversation well when I like make my request known and that um, rather than that discouraging me, I need to know that that just means that relationship is not a good fit. Um, and more specifically, that person that I said I was able to become securely attached to the interesting part about it, which I'll probably share more information on a future topic because it's kind of a big concept. Um, this person I was with before, I was with for like four years and then he told me he identified as polyamorous, which is basically ethical non-monogamy. And so that was quite shocking for me when that happened. And so that relationship structure is um, something where like you would likely be more anxiously attached, which I was kind of in the beginning when he told me that. But I will say I like went along with it for a couple of years and through working on that with him and like our communication, even in that relationship structure, I was able to become securely attached. So I was very proud of myself for that because it was not easy, but it gave me a lot of like confidence in myself that I could get there with someone. Um, so now I just have to get there with this person that I'm dating now. <laughs> so but yeah, I think change is possible street, and right? learning is possible. Because yeah, it sounds yeah. like the other relationships, like they've been very like engaged in yes, working sure. on the relationship, that right? And because yeah. I don't think it's like I think we're thinking about this as these these attachment styles are problems, right? They're character flaws. I mean, as much as sometimes I read these things, I'm like, oh gosh, like wow, that's a problem. Yeah. I also know that that's like that makes me who I am, right? Like yeah. that makes me get up every day and like be empathetic at work and like mm -hmm. work really hard and put my heart and soul into everything that I do and like. Same with you, yeah. right? Like, I think there's good and bad into all these attachment styles. Yes, for sure. Um, and I think it just takes, like, two people to want to work on that and understand each other a little bit better. Yes. And I think the key is being brave enough to hear if that person is willing to do that and being okay with the response, <laughs> the which answer, I currently right? am yeah. not. <laughs> and that's part of my own work is knowing that. I can't can I cannot control what yeah. someone else says or does and their willingness to work on it and that it's not a reflection of me but yeah that's the hard part. Can I ask what you think his attachment style is? Um, the current one is definitely avoidant for mm -hmm. sure. Okay. Uh, We're sensing do you feel a trend like here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the whole it's like the anxious avoidant okay. trap which is a whole thing. Yeah. So I'm definitely like anxious with him. I would he say he's avoidant. Um, or do you feel like he's fearful of it? Well, I really wish I knew that he was afraid of getting close because I'd be like, it's okay. Like get close <laughs> to me. I promise I'll be good to you. And I feel like I've shown all the signs of that. Yeah. But he's just like not willing to hear it. So I think that it's probably avoidant dismissive then because I don't feel like he's said enough in our interactions mm -hmm. to make me feel like it could be he's that. afraid. I, I feel like based on his 
ex and all of that, it seems like he got hurt pretty bad. So he mm-hmm. has like shared that with me. So I feel like he's totally closed off. And I don't think that he like thinks he can ever trust or depend on others. But I do feel like I do feel like he has a pretty high self-esteem and positive view of himself. So that's an interesting one. I'd have to I don't feel like he said enough vulnerable mm-hmm. things to me to make me feel like he's fearful, avoidant. I want to go with more dismissive, probably. So yeah. Question for you, Emily. Do you think um, adding labels to something helps with your anxiety as somebody that's more of kind of anxious? Oh, absolutely. If I can like die, every time I prepare for these episodes, I just feel (laughs) a little more empowered. Like I have a way to describe this thing. (laughs) But I also feel like I do think it's important to have that balance, right? Of not labeling things entirely, but knowing that we're all unique and there's so many different factors that go into each of these. And like I said, I have so much more confidence in myself after knowing I could transition from being more anxious, anxiously attached to someone to more secure. Like it's such a good feeling. And I'm, so I know I'm capable of it. It just took a lot of time and effort to get there. But yeah, I do feel like it helps me. How about you? Well, I, I, I appreciate that. I was thinking more like labels as in labels in a relationship. Like boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, like boyfriend, girlfriend. But like, I appreciate oh. that answer <laughs> uh, That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, Which is the whole we're not point, right? We can way. interpret things right. in different ways. Um, Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I, well, I love this question because I do feel like sometimes we jump to want to label things and that can prevent the natural course of things from happening. So I feel like my journey with dating someone who was poly really taught me that polyamorous, sorry, if I say poly, that's the short slang for polyamorous. Mm -hmm. Um, It's made me think less in terms of labels and more in terms of concepts and seeing life in the gray. And I've been a lot happier in embracing the gray and not seeing things so black and white coming from a Midwest background where I was taught otherwise. (laughs) Coming out here to Tucson and embracing the gray has helped me become a lot happier. So I actually feel like not defining things Mm -hmm. is really helpful because then you're just, you're kind of taking the pressure off and you're just talking about your emotions and your feelings around things and focusing on that rather than feeling that pressure of, okay, we are this thing. Eventually, yeah, you get there where you do, you do want to make sure you say what you need and have your boundaries and everything, but I I feel like labels can sometimes be unhelpful. I think that's maybe why you're more closer to more of that like healthier state than I am, because like I'm thinking like sometimes in these kind of situationships, for lack of a better term, <laughs> right? Um, I feel like I need a label to feel like there's a commitment there, you know? If we're yeah. just like, oh, seeing each other, I feel like it can end yeah. in an instant, and there isn't that commitment to work on it, right? Yeah. And so, and I feel like that's really rooted in my kind of anxious attachment style mm-hmm. um, that I have to get out of, and of course, like, being self-aware really helps with that, but yeah, um, it's still like, like, I'm always seeking for the dating, even just the dating label, or the exclusive label, or the relationship label, right? Um, yeah. And I'm searching for some label or the other, and I always tell myself that I'm not, but at the end of the day, I still am. So it's just, 
I have to get out of this pattern and it's really rooted in my attachment style. This is so interesting, yeah, that both you and I are anxious, but I'm over here like maybe liking the more, well, more of the unlabeled approach and you're more labeled. However, remember when yeah. I called you on the river path and was bawling my eyes out and super stressed? Yeah. So I will say the reason that phone call happened and yeah. why I was so upset is because of my lack of labeling yeah. things. So I do feel like the shadow side of where I'm coming from is that sometimes I don't ask for what I need more because, or I don't ask for what I need enough and maybe I need more of a label to help set those boundaries and like establish expectations yeah. so that I'm not, so that I'm avoiding those, that situation that happened on the river path where, you know, yeah. I was not prepared to see him with someone else. Yeah. So I do think there's a healthy a- blend where we need to meet in the middle and it's, in it's our funny. anxious attachment styles. I think it's funny how these unexpected moments are always what spur the anxiety the most because we were just talking earlier about how, how I unexpectedly saw somebody while going to dinner that I was that I was dating at the time and it sparked all these like feelings of anxiety related to where we are. Yeah. And like I felt the same way and actually she felt the same way because she also had a very anxious attachment style that was like, oh my gosh, this situation puts me out of my comfort zone. To deal and that situation put you completely out of your comfort zone because you were not ready for it, right? Right, and it really sparked a lot of the feelings that you were feeling, which yes. is yeah, yeah. I tend to live in my uh fantasy world, which is not healthy, <laughs> so I need to I be more that. in touch with reality <laughs> and not uh, be so afraid of what the response might be. So, I think that a blend of where each of us is coming from will be. A better spot. Mm-hmm. I think, kind of like Emily Marie was saying, like, there's nothing wrong with any of these attachment styles because, like, I like that you mentioned that about labels, Julian. Because, like, obviously, I fell into the secure attachment style, but if I had to pick one that I feel like I'm, I am when I'm not secure attachment, it would probably be anxious preoccupied because I aspire to want to live in that gray area, like Emily B said, um, and feel okay with being in that gray area but kind of like julian said i need a label on something to feel like that person is all in as well because i feel like if i am living in that gray area at any point that person could leave and then that's when my anxious attachment cell side of me comes in so i'm like but and we did i feel like we did have this conversation recently when we were on that hike about Mm -hmm. um living in the gray area and like labels yes. and stuff like that and I, in my experience whenever i have put a label on something it's like i'm already giving someone everything i have and then i put a label on it and then they expect even more and i'm like i how am i supposed to give you more when i've already given you everything while we're in that gray area so that's kind of my mistake i feel like mm-hmm. um so like you said it's a healthy blend between like having a label on things but also being okay with being in that gray area so i think you both bring up very valid points And then it seems like I loved when I read about the secure attachment style, which is basically that essentially regardless of how that person responds to you even verbalizing what you just said, it's like you're okay. If you have a secure attachment style, you're able to make that need known or even just express that emotion 
and then you know like I did what was in my control which is just express how I felt about something and I trust that that will be received well from that other person and if it's not I'm over here and I'm okay with myself <laughs> and I have my self-care practices that I do every day and it's all good and my anxiety well, yeah. is not going up. I'm trying to talk well, myself no, into I, it. Yeah. But like that, I I'm don't like, feel that's that way. so me. <laughs> but you, like, you bring up very valid points because honestly, like, that's how I look at things. Like, I, like when we were talking earlier and I was talking to Julie and I was like, yeah, things could have done, gone differently and you could have done things better or done things worse. But at the end of the day, you have the clean conscience of mm-hmm. saying that you were honest with what you felt, you communicated what you felt, and you're going to stand by that. So I feel like that's what puts me in that secure attachment bucket yes. that, like you said, like I'll share my emotions regardless whether they're taken into account or not. I know that I did my part. And I feel okay with just doing my part, even if the other person is not going to do their part. But I think that's my mistake in terms of, like, doing my part and then sticking around even if I'm not getting what I need. So I feel like a lot of times I've been in that, in, in that situation where I, I say my part and I say my emotions and I say what I need and I don't get what I need. And then I'm still sticking around. Yeah. And then it's a never-ending cycle where it's just like it's building up and it's building up. And then eventually mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And then we break up. Mm-hmm. But it's like this relationship could have ended three or four yeah. months ago when I wasn't already getting what I needed, you know? Why did you stick around in that situation? Um, I, stuck ar- I would say I stuck around because there was like spurts of like, oh. I, I don't know if it was like a purposeful thing that like she would do something on purpose and I'd be like, okay, she's trying. Or it, it would be me looking at the bright side and saying, oh, she's trying. Yeah. When in reality, it was just a big coincidence, you know? Right. Um, and I think what sucks the most about being in the secure attachment bucket is like, you could say what you want, you could say your emotions. And then when you finally stick up for what you need and you leave that person, you feel like since you left, you shouldn't be the one hurting. And then yeah. you're still the one hurting, even though you're the one you left. Like, yeah. both my exes, like, I broke up with both of them. But I broke up with them because I wasn't getting what I needed. So when I tell people, like, yeah, like, I miss my ex. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, why'd they break up with you? I'm like, oh, well, they broke, I broke up with them. They're like, so why do you miss them? Yeah, and there's I'm still like, that grief process that yeah. happens. And I sure. think a lot of people don't understand that, like, even yeah. though there's a lot to be said for you standing up for, like, yourself in leaving a relationship that's not giving you what you need. Yeah. But I think people don't understand that you could still be hurting even though you're the one yeah. that ended that relationship, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's still grief that happens there for sure. Yeah. Um, were you ever in a relationship with an anxious attachment style? So I'm curious what the dynamic between, I feel like the avoidant, the anxious avoidant trap is pretty self-explanatory where one is like kind of chasing the other. Like that's what I'm in right now is I'm very anxious with him where I'm like constantly available and like we'll hang out anytime. And he's like texting me last minute saying, yeah, okay, tonight in 15 minutes, this will work kind of thing. Yeah. So I definitely am very aware of that anxious avoidant trap, but I'm curious if there's any other like styles that tend to pair together or like if you, it sounds like you were in Luis, a you're secure and you were with 
someone who was more avoidant, dismissive, but were you ever in a relationship with someone who was anxious? Um, and how did that go? I definitely say I would be. I mean, I was in my first, re- so I really only say I've been into a relationship. So relationships, so like my last relationship was avoidant, dismissive, but I think my first one was definitely anxious, preoccupied. Mm-hmm. And it had to do a lot with her upbringing and like, her family situation and things like that and how she seeked approval and like um, feared being alone and it causing like high levels of anxiety. Um, but I don't think it went any better. Like I think the relationship, I think it was a better relationship than my second relationship, but I knew that the, per, the my significant other wasn't like happy in the relationship or like they weren't healthy in, in a healthy state. So like, yeah, they were happy with the relationship, but they were in a health they weren't in a healthy state. So I feel like it took a lot on my part for me to say like my partner isn't in a healthy state and like I can't give them even though our relationship is going well, I can't give them what what they need right now and like mm-hmm. I need to walk away because I'm doing more harm than good at this point. Do you, and do you feel like they verbalized what they needed from you? Yes. Um, but it also goes back to kind of how Julian was saying with like labels like this was we were in we were basically dating for a year but like we were exclusive and like we didn't put a label on it and then we finally put a label on it and it was kind of like I was already giving her everything and giving her like basically being a boyfriend to her and then now we're officially boyfriend and girlfriend and now she wants even more and I'm like I can't give you anymore because I've already given you everything so then she thinks She's anxious because she thinks I'm pushing her away because I'm not giving her more, but I'm like, what more do you want me to give you, you know? (laughs) So it's kind of like, and aside from the attachment style, she did have like a lot of mental health issues going on, like I said, family upbringing. Um, But it came to the point where I was like, you're not in a healthy state of mind and like this relationship can't continue because yeah, the relationship's good, but like you yourself are not good. Like you're not in a healthy state right now and like yeah it's so oh I this brings up a good concept so it sounds like she wasn't giving to herself yes what she needed yeah. to so she herself. was definitely giving a lot to the relationship <laughs> I know so I don't think no, she, no, like I'm really excited <laughs> I know I don't think she was giving herself what she what she needed you know yeah. and for me as yes. a secure attachment person like it was hard for me to see that because I'm yeah. like I'm happy and I'm happy with this relationship but she's not happy with herself, but she's happy with the relationship, you know? Like, we should yeah. both be happy. Like you said, it's two partners in a relationship. Both partners should be happy, and the relationship should be happy too, you know? Yeah, and it, and so what I love is this idea of you needing to give yourself what you need rather than maybe necessarily looking for that from someone else. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I try and remind myself when I get in these anxious cycles is all right, what is it that I want from this person that I'm anxiously attached to? And can I give that to myself and practice the principle of self-compassion, which is treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. Dr. Kristen Neff does a ton of great work on self-compassion, and I highly recommend looking into that more. Um, But I've been working on that a lot, which is give myself what I'm asking for and what I need, and like, can I come from that? space and I'm sure that that is a principle that makes people more securely attached as if they're coming from that place for sure I remember like taking the quiz there was a question that it was just like 
I think it was like when you're in a relationship, like, can you do things on your own or do you need, yeah. or you need to be with your partner? And I'm like, I feel like when I was in that relationship, I felt fine doing things on my own. But mm-hmm. the problem there was she didn't feel okay doing things on her own. Like right. she was always with me. And mm-hmm. that's where a lot of issues came in because I needed her to be herself and be a person on her own before she could be a person with me, you know? Right. So I look back and I'm like, yeah, like, it, honestly, it sucks because it could have been fixed, but ultimately, I'm like, I always say, like, it's not, there's no nobody to point fingers to and it's not a blame situation. Yeah. It's more of just, like, wrong person, wrong, I mean, wrong timing, right person kind of thing. For like, sure. if the timing was differently, I think things would have been fine, but the timing just wasn't it, you know? I don't think there's a reason to point fingers and blame on one another. Like, you just weren't compatible at the time or weren't compatible at all, you know? Or just weren't in the right stage of your life. I feel like there's a lot of... More than anything, I feel like it's just where... What stage of your life are you in and what phase of your life are you in? Are you still learning? Are you, like, already grown? Are you in the growing phase? And, like, I feel like I was starting to grow and she was, like, nowhere near that. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where we fizzled out it'd be so interesting to see if she circled back into your life and she's like done all this work oh. and... I don't think so she has a yeah. don't. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though she has me blocked on everything like, I, I've, heard, I've heard through the grapevine oh she has a, a child and she still hates my guts so. uh, I don't go. think so okay. and my most recent ex I also don't think so but I wish them the best yeah. it's not funny <laughs> Sorry, sorry, why are we laughing? Yeah. We're not. Because you know what they say, no love lost. We're <laughs> never avoid it. No and love lost, no love found, right? Exactly. So we find this No funny. love lost, no love found. It's yeah. funny. It's just like, okay. I don't know, there's just like, I don't know. There's Those always something to learn. For sure. Has, does anyone have any experiences being in a relationship with someone who they felt was a secure attachment style? Or that they... Oh, I wish. Felt you Silence. were secure. <laughs> the did look you, on your face well, eventually did, was like, oh. Well, Emily kind of shared that she felt like she yeah. reached that place. I did, reached did that you place. guys ever feel like yeah. you were in a relationship and you reached that place where oh. you were at least there for like a brief moment in time, a couple months, you know? Like, I mean, just so you know, you know? Yeah, I feel like if you're going to be in a long relationship, at some point you have to have some healthy habits, you know, to go along <laughs> yeah. with an healthy habits, right? You know? Help, so right? I was in, a, like, a long relationship in college and, like, a little bit after college, right? And it was, I think, like, we reached a point where I felt very secure and I feel like we complimented each other. Like, we were both giving, you know, not just 50%, but we were both giving 100% all the time and we, like, both knew that and met that in each other and compliment each other, met each other's love languages. We were on the same page, rolling, rolling, rolling. But then, like, I will, like, take full responsibility for it. But, like, I took, like, a little bit of a step back, you know, from the relationship a little bit. And then I think it made her more anxious. And then we just didn't, we just didn't fit each other's Mm -hmm. relationship styles after a while. So I feel like, you know, weaving in and out of these, like, relationship styles is, is is common and at the end of the day I still feel like I was still like for the majority of that relationship an anxious preoccupied person yeah. it was just even like maybe for a brief period I was secure but still what do you feel like she gave you or maybe something that you felt inside yourself that helped you get to that secure place that you feel like maybe you're missing now um I think 
just like she met like the communication was there from both sides like we met each other on every level like you know we didn't always agree on everything but like she knew I loved like you know physical touch and words of affirmation and quality time like those are my three big things and she met all three of them and she knew she knew what I liked and she Mm -hmm. knew what I wanted and she'd communicate with me what she wanted right and times that um like we'd get in disagreements you know we'd work through it and then she'd always defend me like I'd always feel like I was her partner like whenever we'd get in things with like other people for example like you know one one time I got in a like a minor disagreement with one of her roommates right she'd always defend me and like I appreciated that even though like first of all I think she should have also sided with her friend too you know that's (laughs) that's that's important too but two years into a relationship you're thinking like hey, like, it's nice that this person comes to my defense. It feels like we're partners in this. Not just partners on paper, but partners in life. Right? You were able to put a marble in the marble jar for trust, right? I feel like trust is a big thing. And and communication, right? Trust and communication, they go hand in hand together. And so, and I just felt valued. At the end of the day, I felt valued and appreciated and loved. Um, And it's like one of the few times in my life that I could say that I felt true love from both sides which is what added to the security of it mm-hmm. and I think searching for that feeling has increased my anxiety yeah, uh, and that type of attachment style over like the last few dating or relationships mm-hmm. that I've been in is searching for that same feeling that I felt in that brief moment. I feel like it's you felt seen you felt heard and just in reading this again that you could, um, adults with a secure attachment style can depend on their partners and in turn let their partners rely on them. So in that specific example, you just said you definitely felt like, um, you could rely on her and you could depend on her and she showed up for you. And yeah. that's probably what got you to that secure place. So, and I think she's how I learned a lot of like, as much as like their unhealthy habits with something that, you know, this, this anxious attachment style, there are some healthy habits that I learned from all these relationships, which are like, especially that one, which is like being able to be open. Like, and that's why maybe even sometimes I overshare on first dates because like, I think it's important that they know who I am and we establish yeah. this idea of communication early on and it doesn't work for everybody. But I realized that for me to be happy in like a relationship, yeah. I need to have like that open communication. I need to know who you are in not in just this moment, but who, what made you who you are today. And like, however it takes you long to get there, that's okay. But I want to at least start that conversation early, you know? And so I think that's important for me. That's one of the things I learned from that. And then also like the honesty part of it too, being honest with myself and honest with my feelings. So I always tell people, like I didn't call it anxious attachment, but I always tell people that I have some anxiety in relationships. I always let them know, like straight up so that they know how I feel. And I think we talked about this earlier just briefly, but I think that, has helped me because even though it still exists today but it allows the other person to at least know i'm really proud of you for that because it it almost go it seems unnatural unnatural for someone with an anxious attachment style to verbalize that Mm -hmm. need so i love it because you're giving the other person the opportunity to show up for you and i am striving to do that so i admire that you're able to do that (laughs) For sure. Does anyone else have any other thoughts or maybe action items? I know my action item is 
this idea of giving to myself what I may be looking for anxiously in my current person that I'm dating. Um, so giving that to myself, I think is going to be my action item and takeaway, but does anyone else have anything they want to share? Like aha moments you had tonight? I think mine is similar, but just giving myself like that self love and like remembering that I'm deserving of what I'm seeking. Right. I think sometimes I don't feel deserving of it. And so then I kind of do that whole avoidant fearful action. And then, so just maybe just giving myself a little pep talk maybe um, would be a good idea. And I think for me, a lot of times I like, I look at my anxiety and the way that I try to counter my anxious attachment style is trying to rationalize everything. And I don't feel like that's always the easiest way or like the best way to do things being like, oh, like you shouldn't feel anxious in this situation or you shouldn't be acting like this because like it doesn't make sense. But that's not always the easiest answer to something. Um, I think instead at the end of the day, I think basically saying what both of you just said, finding that self-worth, being able to like fill in those gaps um, by, Mm -hmm. you know, treating yourself right too at the end of the day. And so I think instead of just trying to rationalize what I'm saying. We've got to want to date ourselves first before someone else wants to date us, right? And so I feel like it has been something that I have worked on in the past, but I think it's just a little bit more brought to light now that I see this after learning the attachment styles. Like I do need to be comfortable in my own skin and comfortable with what I bring into a relationship um, before I can allow someone yeah. in. Yeah. So it's a good first step. Love that. Yeah. I think coming from a secure attachment style, I think the thing that I could work on, honestly, I think, like I, like we said before, like I take a lot of pride in saying what I need and saying that like, no matter if I'm hurt or not, like I'm expressing what I need and I have a clean conscience and a clean slate on that. But I think the flaw to that is expressing what I need and not really hearing the other side of things. So like I'll express my feelings and I'll tell someone how I feel and they'll either be with it or not, but then I won't give them the same listen. Like, I won't mm-hmm. listen the same in return, you know? So I think it's just, like, the flaw of being in that secure attachment style is the fact that sometimes I almost feel like I'm the better person, not I'm the good person because I'm saying what I feel and not necessarily trying to understand the kind of attachment person the other person is, you know? Like, there's four attachment styles for a yeah. reason, and I think one thing I could work on is almost seeing what not placing someone in a bucket but seeing what attachment style fits them best and how I could cater to their needs versus having them cater to what I'm asking for because it's not always just going to yeah. be me and like we said there's not one person in a relationship it's two people and then the relationship as well you know or maybe not expecting them to be in that same secure place that you are that Correct. we're all striving yeah. like, they just might not because <laughs> I, I do feel like I do feel like all a lot of us are looking out for you like how does it feel <laughs> like, over there? yeah I'm getting three I'm getting six eyes over here I'm trying to be encouraging no but like seriously like sometimes I think just because I'm able to express what I need, I expect the same in yeah. return. And that's that could be the downside to things. Oh, that is the downside to things. Or sometimes I'll express what I need and when I'm not getting what I need, I'll just leave. And then that's also the downside because I'm not even giving them a chance. Yeah. I'm not trying to understand them because yeah. they should just be understanding me. So I think that would be my action item if I had to look at anything. I like it. 
Very Marcus. good, everyone. Look at all of us. Well, thanks for sharing. And that is our discussion tonight on attachment styles. Um, just a couple of resources I wanted to leave you with. Two uh, books that I know of about attachment theory that you can check out include Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Also, I heard about, and I'm going to add this to my to-read list, is Wired for Love by Stan Tatkin. Um, and so those are just a couple of resources for you. Thanks again for listening. Um, please follow us on Instagram at the Lemon Law. And lemon, again, is spelled L-E-M-M-O-N after our Mount Lemon here in Tucson, Arizona. Please leave us a comment on future topic ideas and what you would like to discuss. We're looking forward to hearing from you on that. And next episode, we're planning to talk more about attachment styles, but more specifically talking about our self-limiting beliefs in dating and what we feel like is holding us back in the dating world. And then in the future, we even talked about doing a little role-playing <laughs> where we date and uh, are acting <laughs> how we would like to act on dates. So anyways, lots of topics in the queue. Thanks again for joining. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Emily. I'm Luis. I'm Julian. And I'm Emily Marie. Have a good night, and we'll see you next time. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're on Spotify. Follow us there. Yeah, you're probably listening to this on Spotify right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I wasn't going to say it. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You've been listening Spotify. to <laughs> The Lemon Law. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Thanks, Bye. and have a good night. <laughs>